Welcome to the Inside Story on Franchising with valuable insights on how to create multiple streams of income through franchising and building businesses. Host Ricardo Matos has spent more than 25 years building businesses in multiple industries and helping other business owners succeed. His expertise and entrepreneurial know-how will educate and inspire you. On the show, Ricardo brings together industry experts and insiders who share solutions and strategies along with a passion for helping entrepreneurs make the best decision when it comes to buying a franchise or any business opportunity and much more. Uh, welcome to today's podcast, an inside story of franchise across the board in the United States and all over the United States. Uh, we have Jason Power, a managing attorney. He's one of the founding attorneys of Franchise Law in Charlotte, North Carolina, law firm dedicated to helping both new franchisors and established franchisors in taking their business to the next level. Jason, it's great to have you here today. How are you today, my friend? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We got some rain going on right now, but it's a good day regardless. Really? We're, um, how is it a big rain going on or what's, what's, what's the deal? Oh, no. We just, are? no we're, we're, we're beautiful weather right now. High 60s, low 70s, just a little bit of rain. Too, too much to, to let you get outside and have some fun, but just enough to uh, cool it down a lot. And for all of our viewers, where are you originally located right now? I'm actually right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, but I, I, I originally hail from uh, Central Florida, so I'm used to the heat. Oh, used to the heat. Well, I'm in Houston, Texas right now, and it's gorgeous today. Literally, it's been raining for the past three or four days, but today is gorgeous outside. I'm telling you, oh, Houston, you're, you're, you're wet heat. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how it is. We're work, work, and play hard later on. Oh, yeah. Just bike riding, enjoying the scenery, and all that good stuff. What can you tell us about yourself and... Uh, who you are and what you actually do in the uh, franchise world. Sure. So uh, I've been practicing franchise law since 2009. Um, I've, I had my own firm for a while, then left that firm and started a new firm with my business partner, Jonathan Barber. And, you know, for 11 years now, I'll, all I've done is franchise. Uh, okay. I got into it. I got into it with the goal of helping people buy businesses. So okay. I really enjoyed helping those franchisees come in and, you know, learn about that FDD and figure out, you know, what it's going to take to get them into business. And, you know, going through that really just, you know, fueled my passion for franchising. And then I jumped over onto the franchisor side. And now I, now I help out both sides here and there. And we're 11 years in and not looking back. Keep looking forward from here. Interesting. So, probably already said this in that old little statement, but what are some of few other hurdles that you have encountered when you hurt helping a new franchisee or franchisor? So some of the hurdles that we've had, especially right now with, with COVID-19, there's a lot of franchisors that are extending opening schedules. So we've had a lot of issues on both sides of the coin figuring out, you know, what's the reasonable time frame for opening versus, you know, trying to get these franchisees open and get them operational and profitable. That's been one of the biggest headaches lately, but, you know, generally speaking, everybody knows that those franchise agreements are, are pretty one-sided, uh, you know, speaking from both sides, I'll admit it. And, you know, when we're working with franchisees, we're trying to get that to a more level playing field. So that's been an issue on that side. And then, on the franchisor side, you know, a lot of, a lot of franchisees, they, they understand that they're in business for themselves. They are, they are a business owner, 
but a lot of franchisees they've got to really think about that idea that this is a team team effort so they're you know they're on their own but not by their own and a lot of times that on their own part uh you know tends to be a little more dominant in their mind. So we're having to work with franchisors and franchisees to remind them that this is a team effort. Everybody's trying to help everybody else and the brand as a whole is gonna benefit in the long run from it. So do you feel that uh, a lot of these franchisors and franchisees, uh, what kind of percentages of interaction or engagement they need to be with you in moment notice to solve any particular problem or are coming to a particular solution of a situation. What 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 are your what are you experiencing? How what, how do you are dealing with people connecting with you and staying connected for you to get their your job done for them? Well, so when it comes down to working with franchisors, uh, a lot of our franchisors work with us on a monthly basis. So we're in we're in contact with them you know, day, weekly, if not daily in some cases. So that, that keeps it a lot easier to maintain contact. But when it comes down to those franchisees, that can be a little, a little more of an issue uh, because it's hard to get in front of a problem when even the franchisees many times don't know that they have a problem until, until there's a letter sitting on their doorstep from, from an attorney or a franchisor. So we do, what we try to do is we try to come in early before a franchisee actually signs a franchise agreement and buys the business, help them understand really where it's going, where the business is going to lead, what their obligations are and their rights against the franchisor and rights as a business owner. Mm -hmm. And if we can get in front of that, then it, it, it helps to set them up for a better time as a franchisee. Now, later on when, uh, you know, the, those unfortunate lawsuits can occur. Those are more reactive and you know, we've got to jump in and we've just got to make sure that there's as much information as possible so that we can start reviewing everything and getting it ready. That brings up a good question right now. Basically you mentioned uh, common lawsuits they come across if they ever do. So what are some of the pitfalls that a new franchisee should watch for to avoid any possible lawsuits? Well, so when it comes down to a franchisee's preventing lawsuits, it's really easy to avoid lawsuits in franchising, especially against in the relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee, because the terms are spelled out most of the time very clearly in the franchise agreement. So I tell franchisees, if you, if you really understand your franchise agreement, you can nine times out of 10 avoid any major issues because they're all spelled out, whether or not it's abandonment provisions or under reporting of income or, you know, lying to the franchisor about something material. It's really easy to, to avoid those issues. Now, when it comes down to other things, you know, customers getting injured on a site, that's, that's a little harder in some cases, but I think as long as, franchisees can stay conscious of, excuse me, of the business and their surroundings and their actions, then they should be able to avoid lawsuits in most instances. Now, what, what measurements are you taking to make sure they're protected to avoiding those possible pitfalls? I mean, insurance wise, do you have a connection? Do you connect them with the right insurance company or how are you going about helping them making sure that, uh, 
all most important things in the franchising world are being taken care of to avoid all the pitfalls? Sure. So we we recommend several different vendors, and we've got we we always tell franchisees that they should talk to a couple at a time to make sure that they're comfortable with the with the vendor, such as an insurance adjuster. Uh, you know, a commercial insurance insurance agent is probably one of the more valuable people to have on your side. And we've got relationships with you know, insurance companies all over the country that we try to connect franchisees with, you know, three or four at a time so that they can be able to get competitive quotes, realize what realize what they can what they can get for their money. And then what we tell them is to really speak with the franchisor about other other vendors. Especially if you're looking at something like a food franchise, uh-huh. you know, if supply chains are, are limited in your area, then that big supplier for, for you know, food products that you're required to use might not be cost efficient for where you're at in the country. So we try to work with franchisees to communicate their needs to the franchisor so that they can you know, be able to better serve their needs in the long run. Interesting. That, that brings up another great question for me to ask you. Is that what are some of the most important questions a franchisee should be asking the franchisor before they jump into that kind of bandwagon, you know, owning a particular type of franchisor, franchisee business? And what do you actually see there are some of these franchisees are not asking the right franchisor when they get into business? Where do you help them? Where do, where do you guide them? How do you cross examine are you in favor of the franchisee or are you in favor of the franchisor i gave you a lot of questions there but (laughs) yeah well they can all be kind of answered in the same in the same kind of line of thought here we we typically come in around the time that a franchisee has either gone to a discovery day orientation day meet the team day whatever it's called in the system we tend to come come in right before or right after that and, and you know review everything with them and go over all their questions. But some of our biggest questions that we recommend that they ask are are more are actually to the franchisees that are already in the system. Because you those are a very big resource because as you're aware, the franchisor is limited on really what they can talk about. It's basic. The basic rule of thumb is if it's not in the FDD, really, you shouldn't be talking about it. So, but on the flip side to that, other franchisees, for the most part, they're not restricted by, by any limits as to what they can talk about. So, for example, if a franchisor does not have a financial representation in their FDD, the franchisees can talk about that, but the franchisor cannot. So if I'm a franchisee, I can call you up as another franchisee in the system and say, hey, how, do, how were your revenue numbers last year? Or if I'm a candidate, I should say, I can ask you what your numbers were last year. You're free to talk about those numbers, yeah. whereas the franchisor might not be. But some of the big questions really are, you know, if I'm talking to another franchisee, what are some of the biggest issues that you've had with the franchisor? Are they receptive to your questions? Are they understanding of any issues that you've had? You know, one of the questions I always like to ask is, if you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, would you still buy this franchise? And then from the franchisor side, really what I like to understand is, what do their suppliers look like? Do they have multiple suppliers if something happens, if it's a product based? 
if it's if it's you know service based anything what is, what does their marketing look like do they have do they have sample marketing that you can be able to use in your territories what type of ongoing training do they do do they do annual conventions what goes on at those annual conventions and generally what has been the experience that the franchisor has had with all of the previous franchisees any oh, yeah. issues that have come up that type of thing that's interesting. I mean, can you elaborate more into depth uh, on all the different sections associated to the uh, financial disclosure document or where the a franchisee should focus and concentrate the most? Uh, I know that some of these uh, documents can be very extensive, two, three hundred pages long. Where would you actually su suggest or recommend that a franchisee who is evaluating a particular FTDs should be focusing on? Oh yeah. Well, and you mentioned, you know, 200 pages long or so. I, I saw one yesterday that was almost 600 pages because wow. they, had, they had a lot of ancillary documents. But generally speaking, what I tell franchisees, one, they have to focus on the franchise agreement. That is their contract with the franchisor. That is going to dictate entirely what their relationship is for the next seven to 10 years, depending on how long the term is. On the Looking at the fran if the franchise disclosure document, the items, I tend to tell franchisees, look and see if there's any litigation in item three. Look and see in item two if the if the if the you know shareholders or you know C-level executives, if any of them actually have experience in the business. Okay. Uh, I, I always like to see that somebody in item two has experience running, operating the that type of business, something like that. Uh, item, you know, item six and seven are really going to give you those ongoing fees, like what your royalties are, that type of thing. So that's a, that allows you to really plan out your numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah, that item seven, that estimated initial investment, that's a big one because granted it can be large. I've seen some that are separated by, you know, half a million dollars or more, depending on the mm -hmm. type of build out, but that's really going to give you an understanding about what it's going to cost to build out your business. And then you can take those same numbers, go to the other franchisees and say, Hey, you know, your furniture fixtures and equipment I'm seeing here that they should cost me between 50 and 75,000. What were your numbers there? And then, you know, aside from that item 11 is going to tell them really, really well, what the training is going to look like, what some of their what they're getting from the franchise or both before they open and after they open. And then item 12 is your territory. If you don't know what your territory is, what do you, you know, really, what are you going to do? Correct. Uh, and then, and then those financial representations, though, that item 19, that's where that franchise is going to tell them, you know, here's how much we've made in the past. Here's how much our franchisees have made in the past. Here's what we're projecting. It's going to look like in the future. And uh, those are, those are probably some of the bigger areas to take a look at. Very nice. Very nice. On another matters, what the best advice that you can provide to those that are interested in owning a investment in the franchise world. I mean, there's ways to own one franchise, but you can also be a master franchisor, right? Uh, uh, not a master franchisor, my third franchisee, a territory, an area. What best advice you can give? To those who want to own a larger territory, unlike someone who wants to own a smaller territory. Yeah, so the differences that you have really primarily are those single units where they're buying one, those multi units where they're buying, you know, three or four at a time, and they've got to open them themselves. In those cases, 
you know, and we'll get to that master in a second, but in those cases where you're looking at buying multiple units and opening them yourself, there's a lot more to, to look at. Now you have a development schedule of when you have to open them. You have cross default provisions, which says if one franchise agreement is terminated, then, in, then the franchisor could terminate all the rest of them. And then you've got that higher fee that you've got to pay out up front. So there's a lot of concerns there. Now with that master franchise that you talked about, you know, you can, you can buy a very large area and then sell franchises to other people below you. So it, then it kind of looks like a family tree with the franchisor being, you know, the parents, then you being the children, then somebody below you being the grandchildren that, that you have to take care of. That's a completely different monster because now you're sharing in those fees with the franchisor, those initial franchise fees and royalties, but you've got a lot of obligations. You now have to help train these, these franchisees that are, that are under you. You've got to help support them. You're responsible for them if they default or if they have any issues or if they close, you can be held responsible from the franchisor and get in trouble yourself. So there's a lot of things to look at there. And I think really understanding what your, I hate to say it this way, investment strategy is in the franchise and what your real capabilities are. You know, are, are you are you more in tune to owning and operating it yourself or are you more in tune to teaching, coaching and supporting other people in their endeavors? So be I think engaged, it's right. Be part of the engagement, right? Be engaged within the business or not necessarily be engaged with the business, but if they also want to be uh, like an absentee owner, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absentee owners can create their own problems with, you know, managers and turnover and non-competition agreements that's that can create its own problems too ah key aspect right there that's a good question can you get elaborate more in the uh non-compete agreement a little bit more in depth about that that's one question that a lot of people ask sometimes yeah so non-competes you typically have two different types you have one that's while you're a franchisee so that interim non-compete where in most cases you are prohibited from owning any competitive business really anywhere in the United States. So if you're a, yeah, if you're a hamburger restaurant, you know, that franchisor might tell you, you can't own any other hamburger restaurant in the country. Now you could own, go out and own a laundromat or a pizza restaurant, but not a hamburger. It, you know, that's the interim. Those are really non-negotiable in, in almost all cases. There are some states that might, might change things a little bit for you. Uh, but that's on a state by state basis that you'd have to talk to them about. Now that post term, that's the one that really hurts a lot of franchisees feelings early on because you know, when a franchisee buys a business, they think, Oh, well, I'm going to operate this for 10, maybe 20 years. And then if I get tired of it, I can sell it and maybe start something else or I can not renew it and then keep going uh, with just under a new name. That's not the case. In, in most cases, the franchisors are going to say, you know, for a year, 18 months, two years after you leave, you can't operate a competitive business within certain areas. Might be within your territory. It might be within your territory plus within anybody else's. So you've really got to pay attention to that. Um, we've seen some successful stories of, of negotiations on that point, but, but not many. Most franchisors are pretty protective of their non-competes. So that brings up another question. Let's say, for example, I'm a franchisee owner of a business, uh, X, Y, and C type of industry, and I want to go ahead and create another multiple stream of income related to another different type of franchisee. 
Have you seen where a lot of franchisors prohibit a franchisee owning multiple different franchises? No, not not really. Uh, I have seen it before, but in most cases, as long as you are owning a business that's not competitive to the one that you're currently in, franchisors really don't have a say in the matter. Now, I will say if you know if I'm a franchisee and I own business A and I go out and buy business Y and Z that are in different industries, if my efforts in Y and Z really hurt my efforts in in business A, then yeah. Franchisor A could have some sort of arguments against me, but you know, as long as as long as my business endeavors aren't hurting each other, then most cases franchisors really don't have much of a say in that. Interesting, very much so. So, in 2013, you earned the uh, title certificate of franchise executive through um, the International Franchise Association, and you were named the Franchise Time Legal Eagle in 2018 and 2020. And this was an award given to attorneys who, who live and breathe franchising and have in-depth understanding of the sophistication of the business model. Can you share in a little amount of time that we have left how you got this point and where can people listen to go and learn more about you and what you do and connect with, with you? What, can you just lie a little bit more about that and, and, and lighten us more? Yeah. So in 2013, I did get that certified franchise executive uh, designation. Uh, that's through the, the IFA, the International Franchise Association. That, that is a gr the IFA is a great organization, first and foremost, to learn more information. Uh, their website's franchise.org.org. And franchisors and franchisees can find so many resources there from, you know, from, from other franchise attorneys that I'm, that I'm happy to be included amongst, especially in those legal eagles. There's dozens of attorneys in there that I, that I've looked up to for years that I'm, that I'm happy to be am or amongst. Uh, but franchise.org is going to have so many resources from those franchise attorneys, as well as other franchisors. Uh, there's committees in there that, that people can join. Franchisees can learn from, from that group as well. So I, I would definitely recommend going to that franchise.org and learning more. Uh, we have a lot of resources on our website and our website is franchise.law. So yeah, I see it on your screen. Yeah, we, we were very proud of getting that. Uh, it, very nice, it really, very nice. It really helped us set up or set ourselves apart. You you have been one of the lucky ones. You know how um, complex it is to find certain domain names that can be related exactly to your business. And I tell you, um, you got great business. Uh, I believe you will do great. And anybody that comes across would definitely will recommend it to look at you because you are seeing like a very guy who's very well knowledgeable in your field. And I definitely would definitely would suggest and recommend you across the board to all the people that wants to connect with a particular lawyer in this field. Thank you very much. What else can you tell us? We only got about five minutes left within our podcast and we'd like to know, uh, anything you would like to know more about it? Are they, we, can, we can recommend you, send you your way or what, what kind of a client you would prefer to have? you like to prefer franchisor, franchisees? Well, like I said, we're, we're kind of a happy medium between the two. So we, we have a very, very large passion for helping franchisees get into business. We like learning about different people and learning about the different business concepts out there. So we are more than happy to help any franchisees that are out there 
you know, learn about what their obligations are going to be in that, in this franchise and figure out, you know, really what their, what the ups and downs are of the business. Um, and on the same, on, on the other side, we are more than happy to help those franchisors, uh, you, those startups that, you know, that business that is just really, really hitting hard in their, in their local area. Maybe they've gone into a new city and they're just really got a strong customer base and they're spreading the, the news of their business around and they want to take it to the next level. We can definitely help them franchise their business as well. Uh, we do a lot of coaching from the legal perspective. We can introduce them to a lot of people in the industry that can help them grow and be mentors to them as well. And even some of those established franchisors. Uh, we've got a lot of service offerings that some of these franchisors aren't getting from some of their other attorneys that we can come in and really help help give them some better service and probably save them a little bit of money in the end. Interesting. Well, it's funny you said that little bit of money on the end. Now, do you work on uh, for contract, for retainer? How do you uh, emphasize the, how do you keep the client? Do you, you work on day-by-day projects or how do you think about, about a board of them? We have, we have hybrid offerings. So, uh, you know, for franchisees, we understand that, you know, they're putting a lot of money into this, into this business and we want them to be able to save as much money as they can to put into building out the business and marketing their business. So we charge, we charge a flat rate for okay. all uh, FDD reviews. And, you know, we can talk to each franchisee uh, as they come in on, on what those rates are. On franchisors, a lot of times we work with a la carte on, you know, something on a case by case basis. We tend to, you know, work with franchisors on a monthly retainer. A lot of our franchisors save a lot of money with us on monthly retainers. It allows them to budget their legal expenses for the year. So we, we try to show them what the different options are and really how they can budget it accordingly throughout the year. All right, very much. Well, Jason, um, we're running out of time, and I just want to thank you again for being part of our Inside Story of Franchising podcast. And oh, I'm you. very grateful for your time, and I'm looking forward to continue working with you and anybody else out there who would like to uh, venture into the franchise world or even create a franchisee, uh, you know, becoming part of a franchise world. So. Thank you very much. I appreciate all your time and uh, I wish you the greatest of success and let's continue striving forward. Oh, you too. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you very much. Have a great day, my friend. You've been listening to the Inside Story on Franchising with your host, Ricardo Matos. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. That way, you'll never miss a new episode and you can help spread the word to more entrepreneurs like yourself. We really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.